Hello and welcome back to Maroc Tucana. This is episode number 10. Really happy to record this one with my friend Nick Pelletier. Nick Pelletier is an ultra endurance athlete. He has done so many crazy things in his life, but um, what we're we talking right now, it's about his uh, journey from, um, with not a race, but like his journey across Mexico. So right now he's cycling all the way through Mexico and in the middle, he's climbing Pico de Orizaba. So really crazy story. He's on the way as the day that I'm recording, he's in Querétaro. He started all the way from um, Baja California in Los Cabos and then climb all the way up. And he's doing this for charity. So please watch his YouTube channel. I'll link the, I'll link the link down below because he's doing for charity and he's doing this on his own. And this podcast is really special because he's like, you might say, yeah, race across like Mexico, but he's done it before. He did it in the United States. He went from San Francisco to uh, New York in, uh, or in Maine. And then he has done like a swim, like a lake swim, a 106K swim. Okay, uh, uh, so he's done it all. Like this podcast is so inspirational to listen. It's very special to me. This has a lot of things you can take out of this podcast. So please enjoy this one because it's gonna change your life. He's so positive. Like he's always looking into the bright side. He's the most positive person I've known. Because like in this journey in Mexico, he's getting at least two or three flats a day. So he's changing tires all the time, tubes. So it's like, instead of like being like uh, angry about it, he's like, oh, I'm just so happy to be alive doing this, what I love. So enjoy this one. It's a great one with Nick. So have a good one. Yeah, you can be the greatest. You can be the best. You can be the King Kong banging on your chest. You can beat the world. You can beat the war. You can talk the guy go banging on his door. You can throw your hands up. You can beat the clock. Yeah. So it is episode number ten. I have to do. I really got. I really. I go on you because it's really special to me. Like I don't know anybody that's crazier than you. Like I. I told you before. Like. Right now, what you're doing in the moment, uh, you're cycling all the way from Mexico. Like you start all the way from uh, Baja California, which is Los Cabos or La Paz, I think it was, and all the way in California and all the way down to like then Mexico City, then Pico de Orizaba. You climb Pico de Orizaba and then you go into Cancun, but you've done some crazy stuff before. You done like you told me like race across North America, all the way from California to um, um, New York, and then swimming a lake, Okanagan Lake, and another crazy story is that I wanted to share with the audience. But like, can you tell us in two, three minutes who, who are you? Who's Nick? So you can tell everybody like, who's you? Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> hey, I'm Nick Pelletier. I'd like to consider myself an ultra endurance athlete and adventure based out of Kelowna, British Columbia, and Canada. And uh, I kind of got into this ultra type stuff after um, I used to play college baseball and I had a lot of concussion issues. So I wanted to keep competing, but I didn't, uh, <clears throat> didn't want to do stuff that 
put me in risk for concussions and stuff. So I got into triathlon because I had a history of running, biking, and swimming in my past. And I got in with an awesome coach and team in Kelowna and coach I Luke. raced, um, yeah, coach Luke way and uh, balance point team. And I raced, uh, uh, Olympic distance triathlons for two years and competed the age group world championships in Switzerland. And then after that, I did a bike ride in, uh, in America from, uh, San Francisco to Old Orchard Beach, Maine. So it was 5,755 kilometers, took me 50 days. And that's kind of where I got my love of like the ultra distance stuff. And, uh, since then I've done numerous events like, uh, ultra distance runs around Lake Okanagan. Everything's always solo, uh, unsupported. So, or as unsupported as I can. So the runs are baby stroller pushed. I did a running challenge where it's, you run the amount of miles as the day of the month. So one mile the first day, two the second day, all the way up. So the last few well, yeah, last weeks, that. Like, right. yeah. that was good. Last week's over a marathon a day. And then uh, I've done bike rides uh, just based off one of my sponsors, Hornby Organic, and uh, ate nothing but energy bars for a whole week while I biked from Kelowna to Hornby Island in BC. That was around 700 kilometers. And uh, done ultra distance swims trying to swim lake okanagan do the full lake swim i've uh, done it two years in a row now and ran into some troubles each time with chafing and i had a wrist injury this past year but uh made it around 20 hours in just under or just over 50k each time and uh this most current one i'm doing is uh mexico from uh, Cabo San Lucas all the way up to the top by the border of the U.S. at Laguna Salada, the lowest point. And then from there heading uh, south and then southeast all the way down to Pico de Orzaba, the highest point in Mexico, climb that mountain and then uh, finish off in Cancun. So it'll be around 6,000 K, I think. And I actually just passed 4,000 K today. So we're two thirds of the way done. Yeah, man. Awesome. Like two thirds of the way down, like Lots of crazy stuff, lots of crazy stuff. Two questions here. What's driving you? What's your like inside you telling you I have to do this, this? Because because I know like why you telling me so far, it's like you play like team sports and mm -hmm. then you get concussion and like, okay, I'm gonna do this myself. So like why that? And you start doing triathlons. Like, it's basically your effort. Whatever happens is your thing. You know, if you fall, you got to get up, you know, whatever. It is your race. So you, you start doing Olympic and then you got tired of that. And you're like, okay, I'm going to create my own challenges because, you know, whatever Ironman or, you know, like uh, Olympic triathlons, you know, whatever. It's like, it's not enough for me. So again, what's driving you and how does that switch from like team sports into like individual sports? Yeah, I think uh, going from team, I definitely love the camaraderie of like having a team and everything and still get that with training partners in triathlon and like our bounce point team and everything. But uh, I think I definitely like individual stuff because you have to hold yourself accountable. Like nobody else is there to push you. I mean, when you're training, you can have training partners, but at the end of the day, it's, you got to be doing it for yourself. Right. So, uh, I think I, I live by this motto kind of of comfort breeds complacency. So I feel like if I'm always kind of accepting what I've done and kind of 
living in the good old days of what I have done in the past. And I kind of feel complacent and stagnant in life. And I think on these journeys, they're kind of a metaphor for life. So you kind of can take things uh, that you might learn along the way about perseverance or pushing yourself or like finding limits of yourself and you can transfer them into daily life. So I know like one of the things that I get out of doing these things is um, if you like learn to accept and make peace with your current situation, you'll gain the ability to identify like gratitude in any scenario throughout your life, good or bad. So that can be anything from like, if you're having a great day on the bike and you're riding, then be like grateful that everything's going smooth and you take it like one day at a time. Right. And then if things are going bad, you always have something to be grateful for. So like if your bike's falling apart, everything's breaking, at least you're able, like you're healthy, you can see like you're active enough to be able to do that. Right. There's always something to be grateful for. And I feel like you can learn, you kind of put yourself in these situations and it forces you to like get these things. Cause in a normal day of life, you might be living from like a, like a four to a six on a scale, like 10 being the happiest you've ever been ones being the lowest and a normal day of life. You're kind of like bouncing in the middle. You might get a little higher, a little lower, but on these journeys, it, you live from like one, like a terrible, terrible day. Okay. It's just the worst stuff. Like you might've crashed, stuff is breaking. And then you might hit a milestone and that's just 10 or when you finish, it's just like one of the greatest moments of your life. Cause you just, you never forget it. Right. So I feel like uh, what's driving me is getting to those moments and uh, those tens. And I also do this, a lot of them, I try and tie in a social aspect. So a charity uh, in the past, I've done um, Pencils of Promise for my America ride, which helps uh, build schools around the world. And my Okanagan Lake Swim, I did a concussion clinic, Brain Trust Canada. And this current one in Mexico, I'm doing it for Charity Water. So they help build wells and water projects around the world to people in need. So I feel like it also helps you hold yourself accountable and you know you're doing it for a greater purpose than yourself. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I want to like interrupt you so bad, but like pretty much it's like what I live right now. Cause like there's so many things in your life. And every time I see you, you're the happiest man alive. Like <laughs> I don't know what you're going through, but like for example, you're gonna like at least in this trip two or four, three flat tires a day. And you're like always trying to move on and always trying to see the bright side, which I love. And that's how you had to live because. I say this to people, either you have two options, no matter where you're at, I know you have like bad stuff in your life. You can either stop thinking about that and move on and focus on things you can change and be like, okay, yeah, whatever. I'm going to enjoy my life. Or you still, you stop living your life and you're like, oh, I have this, this, and this, I have to pay for whatever. And like, you never live. And for you, you're like, you're always doing those challenges on your own solo. And it's like, you get into your mind like like what's going through your mind every single day because like you're going by yourself like there's nobody that, like there's no headphones there's no music maybe there's podcasts who knows you're on your own and it's intriguing to me because like people there's like people they don't want to exercise and people are like oh i'm only doing 20 minutes and every time i open your instagram it's like oh my god what's nick doing this time like 
what's going on like uh like you said before like last, i think it was last december 2021 or no it was 2020 because like i remember uh you you said you did with um uh with i remember who you did it but you did it with someone else in the team i'm trying to remember the name uh but you did it like basically one mile per day jackson jackson that's the one i, I got the last name but i was thinking about the name so you did it with jackson. Yeah, jackson yeah so pretty much can you tell us experience because like and how was like because cycling is one thing but running depending on your body it's like all the time like what you did exactly you were you're on one mile per day example december 1st one mile december 2 two miles and you keep going like this plus you are in canada in calgary the most of the time which is freezing cold and you're getting out running and it's minus 27 degrees and you're running like i don't know how many miles and at the end like i, I know you said this before the first 20 days it was a half of the challenge and the last 10 days it was the other half so pretty much you were running two marathons a day three marathons so like you were going like this so how is this idea how is this thing was born how it came along and why and how was this journey can you tell us because for me it was so exciting and watching every single day i was like oh my god this is so fun to watch like so inspired every single day just to wake up and like oh another mile he's doing it he's doing it yeah i think um a lot of these things i do solo because I don't want to have to rely on somebody like as an external motivator. So let's say I really want to do this challenge, but I would felt like too insecure in myself to be like, Oh, I don't want to take this on myself just because of, I don't know if I, I can do it. Or like, I want somebody there to help me push. If you don't have that person to help you push, like there's never, there's always so many what ifs to start a challenge. Like a lot of, even with this Mexico trip, like there's so many things that, are unknown that you never, you can just never start if you don't just jump into it. So I don't wait for other people. If other people want to join, like I said, I put it out there and Jackson Jerome on our triathlon team balance point. He, uh, he joined in on, on the first night, just, yeah, screw it. I'm doing this as well. And he, and I think he got so much out of it as I did, but yeah. it, uh, I think it, it really goes to show as well that all you have is, today like you have to take things one day at a time because like you said the first 20 days were I don't know like 400 kilometers or something as it's one mile a day each yeah. more and then the last 10 days or 11 days whatever was like almost 400 kilometers just because it adds up each day right exponentially right. so it uh it really has to show you to be goal uh, motivated so like the end is day 31, finishing that, getting all 800 kilometers done, but you have to be process oriented. So the process is day one, day two, day three. And one once you finish, time. yeah, once you finish day three, it's done, it's over. You just have to worry about day four. When you wake up on day four, you just have to wrap your mind around, okay, I did three miles yesterday. I can at least do three again today as I did that yesterday. And then when you get there, you think, all right, I can do one more mile. And then you just keep working like that, building and stacking on top of each other. But yeah, like you said, in Calgary, it was, I started in uh, Arizona. I was down there doing some yeah, training. So the first four or five days was like super nice. And I was uh, 
in the heat. And then I came back and that was when COVID was just starting and stuff. So I had to quarantine for one day at my house until I got, Yeah, you were uh, doing laps around your house. I remember. Yeah. I had to quarantine for one day until I got my test back online and uh, I don't have a treadmill. So I ran, it was like 170 laps around my yard for, I think it was uh day six. So six miles, like 10 K around my yard. Oh my God. But uh, yeah, some of the days in Calgary are like deep, deep snow up to my hips and, like yeah it was crazy so yeah i remember you going so positive like oh just another foot like three foot of snow or whatever just getting through and i just remember going your videos like that mental toughness just just going like getting my head down i'm getting this thing done it's like for me like watching like james lawrence the iron cowboy it's like all the issues that he had and all the logistics but like going every single day and they ask him about this during his run. He's like, oh, James, like you have like only 20, only 20 more days to go. And he's like, no, I'm only three more miles, three more miles to run and I'm done. He was saying, yeah. I'm in the moment. I don't want to think about the next 20 days. I want to think about the right now, the moment that I'm enjoying. I have three more miles and I'm done. And tomorrow will be another story. That's what I love. And that's what I'm thinking about you and uh, what was the hardest day running and did you ever thought like oh I'm quitting I'm doing this thing of like fuck it I'm just I'm gonna do it no matter what I don't want I don't care if I'm uh, uh, walking or whatever but I'm doing this thing yeah exactly I think if you get to the point where you know no matter what you're not gonna stop even if you put your body on the line like the only way you would stop is if you physically cannot go further like you can't once you get to that point it's kind of just like an acceptance and if whatever right you have 12 a.m once it turns that you have from then until 11:59 to get x amount of miles done for that specific challenge so all you have to worry about is today and today is whatever distance it is. And as you go, the miles start counting down and counting down. And once you're halfway done, it's not, oh, I'm 25K into a 50K. It's no, all I have is 25K left. Just start fresh from that one. Like start fresh and all I got is 25 left. So it is all about these mind games. That's the thing I really like about ultra and uh, all this stuff is everybody's different, right? It doesn't matter what you have to tell yourself to get through it as long as like you can accomplish what you're trying to do then it's positive and even in failures like like my swims when uh like all only thing the thing that stopped me was my body giving up like with my chafing where i lost yeah, like four percent yeah. skin on my back and when my wrist popped out on this past one like even in those huge failures you learn like so much gratitude and you get humbled and like you know, those are things even in those failures, you can learn so much from them. And I, it, it just drives you to not ever want to feel that again. Right. So once you accept that you're doing it, no matter what, it's almost kind of like freeing There's all the logistical stuff leading up to everything. I find the hardest part. And like, once you get to the act activity part, it's kind of just whatever you got to tell yourself, keep going. And, uh, some people that's like self-hate like oh you stupid like get going like all that and some people it's some people it's super positive like oh no you've done this much and this how much you have to go like 
yeah so it's definitely different like I try and be as positive as I can but there's definitely some days where you kind of gotta get a bit feral like just bear down and just get through it right and yeah so it always changes but as long as you have that goal as the that's what's driving you or whatever whatever it is for you that's driving you and you keep that at your core and then just focus on the process all you can do is a process and then once it's done enjoy it and celebrate because acknowledge what you've done and it's a great achievement but uh like I said, don't get complacent because uh, there's always more to do. And I think it's cool when you can stack like a big achievement and then that becomes your baseline and then you build upon that, right? Instead of that being the peak of your mountain, like, oh, I made it to the top. It's like, no, make that now your baseline and build off that because all these scenarios and situations, if you're in, um, when you're in like the depths and hardest part of another one that might not even relate, like when, let's say on this bike trip, when I'm going through headwinds and all that stuff, I might think back to like the very last day of that run challenge and the mindset I was in for that and think, Oh, what did I think when I was there to get through that day? And then you just incorporate that in the day you're in and it's all just picking and pulling from spots. And like I said, like your brain can be clustered just going through all this. And like I said, I don't use, music or external motivators on these things because i want to be able to hear and acknowledge all these voices and everything that comes through right so yeah you uh your mind can go to some wild places but it's uh it's cool to see what you have to tell yourself to get through stuff and when it's done it's always uh, such a fulfilled feeling like it's it's awesome yeah man i agree what what amazing words to say i hope everybody that's listening to this like have it in your mind because it's true. Like you have to break it into pieces because if you see the, this big picture, it's like, oh, I have to run a marathon. They just say to yourself, yeah, 42K, that's a long way. Like yeah. it's, you have to break it like 1K or each 5K, taking like manageable pieces so you can get through that. So, mm-hmm. man, I, I agree 100%. Like, and I thought, like, I, I would say a lot about James Lawrence because he said the hardest part for me it was getting into that swim. And as soon as, as, as soon as I got to the swim, I knew I was going to finish. It's like you, like you get into that bike or you start running or you start swimming, whatever, you know, you're going to finish. You're going to give everything you have until you break it into pieces like you're in the swim. So explain me because I'm a lot of like, I'm, I had a lot of questions about this swim. For those who don't know, like the Okanagan Lake in Canada, and it's like how big 106 106 106 i was gonna i was gonna say 109 so 106 k long and you want to swim the entire lake which is from uh vernon to penticton in columbus in the middle and for me i always want to do the across the lake swim like when i was like 10 15 years old because i was like oh 2k across the lake that would be like awesome all the way from west Cologne to clona but you're in another ballpark in her league. You want to do like 106. And I was watching this and you have to rely on the team. Like how yeah. important was to rely on your team? Because you're on your own, but you have like a yak with you. You have like boats with you, people cheering for you. Like, like why this started? Like why you want to do the, the entire swim? Because you can say, yeah, I want to do it, but actually doing it. And then at the end, 
and your brother, your, your body is breaking down into pieces because you were shaving because you need to wear a freaking wetsuit because, you know, freaking organized leg is cold. So, and you were like, at the end, you were like bleeding. You were like all red in your back. It's like, how is that process to go with me through that? I think it was 2019. I think it was the first time you did it. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. And I think, first of all, I think it's important to say, like, I, I didn't start here. Like, I, yeah, I built myself into this person, right? When I played baseball, I was an explosive athlete, like sprints, short distance, like everything like that, right? And I remember trying to do my first 10K and being like, every time I do this, my legs felt like they're injured. Like, I didn't know how I was going to get through this stuff, right? But then, like I said, it's just stacking upon and like building your your base layer. And the more work you can do, the more work or the more work you do, the more work you can do. And then it builds up and builds up, builds up. Right. So um, this project was different for me because, like I said, I like doing things solo because you don't have to rely on other people and there's no excuses. It's just you. And when you do it, you get all the credit. And when you don't, it's all on you, too. Right. But this was one that it's logistically you need a team so yeah. this is one of the like this is a the biggest project i've ever taken on is this swim so i i uh, had an idea to kayak the whole lake with my buddies so we kayak from vernon to Kelowna one day in like february it was like freezing cold the water it was oh, yeah. pretty stupid if we like dumped we would have been like dead but yeah we, uh, we did it and uh I thought, yeah, the full lake would be cool to do kayaking, but it wouldn't like, it wouldn't be That's like cool. a big enough achievement because I'd already done half of it and it was just whatever. So I thought I'm going to swim this. And then I started looking at records and people. I saw there's only one guy had done it and it was uh, 30 or um, 41 hours, 57 minutes, 40 hours, 57 minutes. So 41 hours and it's uh, you can't leave the water and all that stuff. Right. So you have kayaks who send you food on like a platter and you, so anyways, I committed to myself that I was going to do this. And I talked to my coach and we set up a training plan. And then I remember the first day where I actually posted about it online and I was in the shower that night and like, Holy, I'm actually going to have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I think that's, that's one of the things like I was saying, if you wait to get hundred percent of the answers to the questions, you probably won't ever start because you, you can't ever tell what will happen. Yeah, right? exactly. So if you have like even some of the answers to the questions commit to doing it and you'll figure out the rest along the way. So it was a lot of work, like setting up a, a 20 person team and getting support boats. And we had sponsors, uh, mission group that helped with all that. And, and, um, making sure the people's schedule we had because uh, we we're trying to beat the 40 hour mark. So we had five um, crews of eight hour shifts and the one boat would stay on scene all the time. And one boat would shuttle people in and out every eight hours. And there's a lead kayak and a support kayak. And the lead kayak had a string with a light on it. So I could just watch the trail light in the water. So I didn't have to keep lifting my head up over yeah, 40 idea. hours. And, but different thing with uh swimming is in running let's say when you're tired or cycling you can like get off the bike and sit down and on a bench yeah, exactly. and like have a snack whereas swimming the rests are almost more work than the actual swimming because like if you're getting in a 
like a zone of just swimming you can't just zone out and follow the light and it's just whatever but when you have to eat you have to like tread water or with your hands or just with your feet and like try and eat while water's getting in your face and like oh man it's just it's a lot of work to just rest <laughs> yeah so um yeah that's a another aspect and there's tons of things like that you have to think of and what foods you can eat while you're swimming and like work with your stomach and like you said the water temperature we try and did it or do it at the end of july early august when the water temperature is the warmest but if a storm comes in you can't tell like it, it could get colder and the nights are still freezing cold and you have to you have to kind of set a date because there's so many people like planning yeah, around this but if that date so happens to have bad winds one day or like it's super hot and uh you might have, yeah, like I said, winds, or you might have whatever, all sorts of stuff, but you can't really tell. So you kind of more or less have to commit to a date and then just hope that it works out because there's so much riding on it with everybody's schedule and everything. But um, yeah, once I started, it was, uh, I've done it twice now. And uh, one time I made it 56 kilometers in and I had, because like you said, you have to wear a wetsuit. So I had chafing on my back like legs everywhere you don't want chafing and it was like 40 percent skin like completely off my body and uh it was just like i couldn't even lift my arms anymore through the water yeah, you were swimming and, uh, with one arm i remember yeah that was that was the second time second time okay. i had more diligent training and i fixed my chafing uh problems with the wetsuit i had a sleeveless wetsuit with an external sleeve so my shoulders were open and we had tons of equate diaper rash cream and vaseline and i was like completely white yeah and like it was working good and but it was frustrating because i put more time and more planning and more training and uh again at weather, around, i think yeah around the 50k mark um i had a like a pop in my shoulder and then my wrist dislocated and it went back in and it was like swelled up like this and i just couldn't lift my arm anymore flex? so i tried like i tried first was a shoulder and I tried like changing my stroke and then after all those hours of like my wrist hitting on the water it finally just popped so I kept that arm down and tried to do like strokes like this and I did that for two hours and then the headwinds and winds in the night were just too strong I couldn't keep going but it was uh crazy as a month before I did training swim from uh, Penticton or uh the bridge in Kelowna and then towards Penticton to try and get like mentally that second half done. So it was the hottest day in Kelowna's history. It was 46 degrees and it was just my dad, <laughs> my dad in a kayak for 17 hours leading me. And like, he was just a savage as well, but super like awesome train day. And like, honestly, probably should have just done the whole thing that day. Cause the day we actually did it, it was like the worst fires Kelowna's had in ages. It was like, could, you couldn't see a hundred feet ahead of you. It was just completely white out. And uh, the water where I started, cause it was such low uh, water levels this year. It had uh, the E. coli levels were per hundred milliliters of water at 20,000 E. coli, which is oh like over a hundred or 200 is like, you shouldn't be swimming in it. So it's basically swimming in like straight poop. So it was either like face and poop water or breathing smoke and it was like there's no uh, way you can do that but yeah we did it anyways we started and that was a time with the shoulder that second time so 
Uh, again, we made it just before Kelowna, so like halfway, but it, uh, yeah, it's, it's devastating when you're like in the water and I never want to call it like, like people are trying to talk to me through like options and stuff and what, what can be done or what's realistic at this point, like when it's two in the morning and you have headwinds coming and you're swimming with one arm and you're shivering because of like getting hypothermic. And like I said, I, I want to leave all out there and put my body on the line. And I feel like I do that, but uh, sometimes it just like your body just says no, even if your mind doesn't. So the one thing you can control is the preparation you put in beforehand. And if that's, uh, if that's um, up to, standards and uh you've done things like what i'm doing now which is i think training for other stuff and even though this is its own a challenge it, it'll help me in other ones so as long as you're getting your mind right and you've done the training like that's all you can do right just leave it all out there on the field and uh yeah whatever happens happens so yeah. man i i agree like honestly like i enjoy like watching you and like you, you will or over the news like all over like Kelowna, I don't maybe BC, I don't know, maybe Canada, but I was watching my way here from Mexico and it was so inspired for me, like looking at everything. Because especially the first time. Like the first time I was like, oh, he's 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 doing it. And then once you stop, I was like, yeah, he he needed to stop because there is no way you can swim with that. And then the second year, you were like, yeah, he's doing this time. But like the day you start swimming, it was probably the worst day possible. Because, like, yeah. you didn't say to this, but, like, if you don't know where you're going, like, I know that you're on a straight line, but you have a cat jack, which is, like, telling you where to go, and it's, like, there's no way you can know where it's, like, left or right, because yeah. you're going, like, pretty much in, in circles, so, like, you know, it's not, like, straight line, so you're swimming more, and then you read it to the smokes, and then the water, man, I was, like, man, he's doing it, and then with Jackson posted, like, oh, Nick is doing one arm, it's, like, Oh my God, this kid is done. It's like, he's not giving up. It's like, his body's like breaking down. And he's like, he's going to do one arm. It's like, next thing he's going to just do like a uh, kicking. It's like, oh my God. So how is that process before we go to this subject about like quitting? Because your body like basically stopped. That was your limit. Whatever happened that day. Like, how is that process? Okay, this is enough. I need to get out. I did what I did. I tried my best trying to move on yeah i think um yeah like every other uh journey or endeavor i've taken on has pretty much been successful which i like to try and keep that standard and like keep things going but this swim has been one of the things that like has been a i see it as failure and uh i obviously take a lot from it and people are always saying like it's so inspiring to people, which I, I, I agree that people can take what they can from it. And that's awesome. And it was a success in like raising money for stuff and charities. But personally, when I have a goal in mind, I want it to be accomplished. Like I want to stop when I'm finished, not when I'm hurt or when I'm tired or when I'm like, you know, so um, getting in there and when you kind of put things uh like logically, like you're here and you have to get here still and your pace is slowed down and we can tell there's something wrong with your arm. Um, like what, what do you want to do? How do you want to combat it? Cause either you're, you either, 
commit to stopping and saying, all right, that's as far as we went, like that's what we did, or you try and combat it. So if you don't want to stop, you say, all right, what can you do? Uh, can you use one arm? Yeah. Okay. Throw the other one up and then just use the one and we'll try and keep going from there. And if the pace dies down or like the, the problem was with, I couldn't get enough force through the water to cut through the headwinds. So I'd go hard as I could for like 200 meters and then just like stop, get my breath for a second. I'd be back like 50 meters just because oh of the, God. if I had a tailwind, it would have been awesome because I'd just surf the waves. Right. But you know, that's mother nature. You can't do that. And that's kind of how you get humbled by that stuff, right? You can't control that. But um, yeah, it comes from people like I might be tired or not hundred percent there in the moment or like making these decisions. I might be more like snappier uh, just like, cause it means so much to me. It might be hard for me to actually pull the plug. So um, people might say, all right, I think, we either have to like go to the side and like try and regroup and all that, or you might just have to call it or so. I, yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough. I don't know. It, yeah, but yeah. It, it's, it's tough and people don't talk about it, but like what makes you, it's your failures, not your wins. So mm -hmm. you got a lot of wins, but this like failures you have in the swim makes you who you are right now because like it, it's very inspiring. And I saw a lot of people from Kelowna like, especially the second time they go and cheer and like, Oh, he's doing it this time. Like you're lower cast in it. Kelowna now is like, Oh, I was sharing all over the news. So pretty inspired. Like, because people don't tell you, yeah, do your dreams, but sometimes you need to stop and then move on. They didn't work, regroup and do it again. That's mm -hmm. how I feel. And um, what about this Mexico trip? Like, I want to know the why, Mexico. I mean, I, I love it because we were able to see each other for a brief. But uh, why Mexico, and what is its purpose of this trip? Because yeah, it's really fun. Like it's a different challenge because you've done it in the states, you've done it in Canada, whatever. Where it's like first world countries, and it's like English your language. This is another country. It's not like first world. I wish, and it's a different language. So. Think me through that, but why and why is the process so far about this journey? Yeah, so I guess um, when these, when you get into like starting these things, I guess you kind of look at the map as a whole, right? Like it, it is kind of more or less just like, oh, that would be cool to go from there to there. Or like yeah. you, you start like kind of like a childish, oh, like here to there. And uh, I wanted, it's cold in Canada right now. It's uh, March, so wasn't going to yeah. do this in Canada and uh, with COVID and stuff, a lot of things, if you were to go from like smaller countries through them, you would have to get all the tests and everything and on a bicycle or running or whatever. It's hard to line up like time-wise within 72 hours to get from here to like, it's just complicated, right? So first of all, I was looking for a country that was warm and that was big enough for me to do a like a, a journey this distance or length. It's so, open. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, and I knew, yeah, I don't speak Spanish. I mean, a little bit here or there, but nothing to, nothing to get just to get me by, I guess. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, definitely some places are super nice and like Canada and the States. And then there's definitely some places that are not. So I know, I know. Um, yeah, there was, uh, it's cool though. I like seeing, 
uh, when I choose place like uh, journey like this, I like to have variety. So when I started in uh, Cabo and went up the Baja, it was a lot of like desert, like the cactus, the mountains, like nothing, just plains, like super, super desolate. And like that felt pretty like, like so alone, solo, like you wouldn't see some yeah. people all day Nobody. sometimes. And exactly. So, and then you get up to by the border and you're going across the, along the wall between Mexico and can or the Mexico Thanks. and U S and uh, there's some cities up there like Mexicali and all that. And you kind of feel more of like a, a city area. And then as I came down the coast, it was super nice being on the ocean. And now as I'm crossing a, across right above new or uh, Mexico city. And I've been through the mountains and I'm kind of in the farmland right now. And then as I'm getting into Cancun in that area, I'm sure it's going to be like jungly. So, yeah. um, I definitely like the variety and, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's just, it's just a process of, I like the journey of from start picking this, planning it, not knowing if you can do it, not knowing what's going to happen along the way, but just committing to it. And then the most exciting part is like, before you leave, you know, so much is going to happen, but you just, you don't know what it is, right? There's yeah, no way right. to tell who's going to come up to you on the road and be nice and who's going to be mean to you and what's going to happen. Like I never would have imagined I've had almost 40 flats on this trip yeah, so far. True. Every and single been, day. It's like, yeah. And across America, I had one flat tire the whole 50 days. So, but I had tons of spoke issues on that trip and I haven't had spoke issues on this trip so far, but, uh, everything, there's just different challenges with every trip. And, uh, I think it's just cool to imagine something and then see it to it through to fruition, uh, with out just on your own. Right. So obviously I saw you and you helped me by dropping off those glasses and, it's awesome to get all the support from people and everything like that. And, uh, but it is cool to just imagine something up on your own and go execute it and get it done. So. Yeah. Right. I, absolutely. Like I seen your, your journey and like, you never give up. Like every single day I open to your Instagram, we are like bump, pumping flat tires. Just like, Oh my God, not again. It's just like, I just feel bad because I haven't had a flat in a long time. But I know how Mexican roads are. If people don't know how Mexican roads are, uh, but uh, man, it's tough. It's not like in the U.S. road or like Canada, where everything is perfect. Man, this road's just like a lot of holes <laughs> in the road, so yeah. have to be careful where you're going, and you can get a lot of flats. So it's up to you, and like maybe you can switch it tomorrow, as you, uh, you were telling me. So can you explain this because? Nobody talks about the negative things, but I want to touch into this because this is a different country. You asked me about this. You went through like Sinaloa, which is one of the like dangerous states in Mexico and in the world, you know. But I don't want to say like, you know, like all the cartels and Chapo, you know, but like you were like around there. And that was really concerning to that. Luckily, nothing happened to you, but someone tried to kill you there. So like, can you explain to that? Because like, I was like, oh my God, Nick, don't get into this. Yeah, I uh, was going along one day in uh, Sinaloa and usually like in the past on this trip, I've been, people pull up in front of me and like wave me down, like stop, stop. And I'll pull over and like they're 
asking about my trip or they they'll give me a bottle of water or some fruit or stuff like that and they're super nice and then this one guy pulled up in front of me and I thought oh the same thing he wants something and he was pointing the back of my bike where I also keep my water so I thought he wanted water and then uh he started grabbing at my boots I'm like you want my boots I'm like oh no you're not getting my boots and then (laughs) uh just started keeping going and he pulled up in front of me and like stopped his bike there again and it was like telling me stuff and like point at me and all that and I have a Swiss army knife I keep right in my back pocket so I just had that out I was like telling him no you're not getting my boots and like I kept going and he was going beside me and like yelling at me pointing and then uh he went off and uh I kept going but I remember getting to where I got that night and sending you the video and asking you like oh what did he say and then yeah yes I was like oh you're right yeah yeah because like I was I was like Luckily, he didn't have it done, but uh, yes, I was like, pretty much what I was saying, because I know the people in the area, they're into drugs, and what he was saying, he could barely speak, because the way he was speaking is like saying into drugs, and he like saying like clearly, like at the end, like, give me your, give me your bike or I'll kill you, but like, he's going to say this, he, he's not going to kill you, but like, he feels so powerful because of the drugs. And I seen a lot of people like either one time this guy wants to put me a ticket and he was into drugs. Like, well, my eyes are green. And this guy's like going through like this little like moped, just going through the city and he was going side to side and he stopped me. He's like, you need to stop. Why your eyes are so green. You're like going side to side. I'm like, yo, my eyes are green, dude. Like, yeah, whatever. And then he's like, I want to see your license and registration, whatever. So gave my license and registration, and he's like, he like puts it into the ground, don't know where his phone is going, and he's like, he want basically in Mexico, they want a thing called mordida, which is like you need to like give the people money and you will go, like no matter what you do, just want money, right? And um, he wanted money. I'm like, I'm not gonna give money, and I told him, tell me where I can pay my ticket because I never had to pay a ticket. Can you explain where to go? Because I don't know. And he was too lazy about it. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to pause you this time. But make sure don't drive with drugs. I'm like, yeah, I'll make sure, you know. And uh, next thing I look, I keep driving. And this guy was driving, trying to chase me. I was going like 40K an hour, not not even fast. And he fall out the street, you know, like with the smoke pit. And he's like, he was injured and everything. So... That's what I was afraid of, and uh, nothing happened, luckily. But that's people, you know. That's when yeah. you get in, into Mexico, and like, believe me, you've been through the hardest part so far. So don't worry about it. People, what are you gonna go through after Pico de Orizaba? You're gonna find the most nice people because you know you're gonna go to all those beautiful states. So you will find with that. So, uh, why are you most excited about this? Like going through like Pico de Orizaba or just get to the end in Cancun, like relaxing in the beach, like fuck, I've done it, I'm alive. Yeah, I think uh getting to this one thing with the US trip I did, it was San Francisco to the finish in Maine. And that was all I was focused on is that finish. But because this trip I've had the lowest point and the highest point at Pico de Orizaba coming up in a few days, and then Cancun, it's almost felt like a bit like a small trip inside each one so like the first one was like 12 days up there and it's been like two weeks almost three weeks getting to the volcano then it'll be another two weeks so 
I feel like it's breaking it up and it's a little bit of variety on each part, but it'll be super cool to be at the top. And then once I'm like getting down the mountain, once I'm done that, just being like, all right, it's just a sprint to the finish now. And it'll definitely be excited. I'm not trying not to get destination fixated because you know, yeah, no right. finish is ever guaranteed. Right. So you got to keep taking things one day at a time. And, but when you have that mindset, like I said, where no matter what happens, I'm, I'm just not stalled until it's done. It'll be a, a treat to run and jump in that water in Cancun and finish. So, yeah. Yeah. Just two, two questions here to go with this, just to close it up. Like how did you like brought your bike all the way from Canada? Because I know like, this is my question. I have a bike case, which I traveled with my bike, but how are you going to bring your bike all the way from Canada? Like, that's, that's my question. You put it into a box because you're not going to be with your bike case the entire trip. That's going to be mm -hmm. heavy. That's going to be a lot of space. So how is that? And uh, my last question here before we go, because we need to rest for a big day tomorrow. Um, what is next after this? Yeah. You have this challenge finished and then you're going to do what, like swim the lake again, they have something else or what's going on. Okay. Yeah. Well, first for the bike thing. Um, yeah. Like you said, when I went to Switzerland and stuff or whenever you travel, you have like a proper hard shell bike case and everything fits in there perfectly and it's nice. But once I would fly to Cabo, it's just sitting there. Right. And then I need it again in Cancun. So I got just the box that the bike comes in. Like you just go to a bike shop and get a bike box. And then you have to obviously break it all down and take it apart and put in all your bags and panniers and clothing and gear and uh, like Tetris it in there in the box and make sure everything fits and then tape it up and hope that everything's there when you arrive. So when you get to the destination, TSA is usually taking one or two things out. Like they took out my stove. I didn't have propane. I was going to get that in Mexico, but they took out my stove. So wow. I haven't even been able to cook hot meals this whole trip. I've just been eating like cans of tuna. Oh my God. But, uh, and I'm celiac, so I can't have bread or anything, but, um, so yeah, you, you can't just hope that everything's there when you get there. And then, uh, at the end of the trip, I'm going to have to find a bike shop and hopefully a box or something. I, I don't know. Just figuring folks on that when we get in there. Cancun, there's plenty. Yeah. You, you don't need yeah. to worry about it. There's plenty. And then, uh, yeah, as far as, uh, wait, what was, the, what was the last question there? about uh, What's next? Oh, what's next? Yeah, well, like I said, you got to take things day by day for right now. So until this trip's done, this is the main priority and main goal. And you can use what's happened in the past for this trip, but you're like on while you're going throughout the days, I don't listen to music or anything. You have like all day to just think, right? So your mind does come up with a lot of ideas and a lot of that, but you do have to be more or less focused in the moment. So I do know I just for myself, I, I have to get this swim done eventually. So yeah. I'll have to, because I've been playing this trip for the, since the swim, basically, um, I'll have to sit down and spend some time on it. So I don't know exactly when I will be attempting it again, because I need time to go back to drawing board and figure that out. But um, yeah, and I also have other hobbies and stuff. Like I just got my skydiving license this past yeah, year right. and I'm trying to get into that a bit more. And ideally I'd be able to um, like incorporate all three of my passions, which would be like uh, the athletic side of things, the adventure 
character side to like the survivalist side and then adrenaline which would be like your skydive and your stuff like that so i really my main expedition would be something involving all three of those but awesome. again it's just picking a place and uh working out the steps to make it happen so after we're done with this we'll look at what's next but we're going to enjoy this one when we're done awesome and like absolutely i i'll say this is it's been a great like chat and uh believe me i just i just feel so blessed like to know you and being to this journey and anybody in mexico that wants to follow nick go through his instagram I, i'll link it down below like nick pelletier and go through his journey because it's so special to see and please get support to nick like if you see him oh say hi take a picture get like give something to nick like cookies or whatever whatever you want water support he will be like great like nick like see you see you because he's by himself the entire day and one last thing i just want to apologize on behalf of the like of mexico because honestly like customs and everything that's that's what they are and yeah. it's such a pain in the ass for us because like there's nothing you can do about it and I just want to take things about you like i can say many stories about what happened did with me in the past but i won't say it. it's too long so where should people yeah, follow but no you? man every everybody's everybody's been super kind besides that one uh incident with the boots like i've had so much love from everybody it's been like awesome to see because obviously when other people were more concerned than i was but that's people's concern right is uh you hear all this stuff on the news about whatever cartel but when you yeah, right when you actually get down here you see like oh it's that's probably yeah it does exist but if you just keep your head down and Exactly. You get to see the locals and like they're just your normal people right so they're super nice everybody's been awesome it's been awesome yeah yeah man i'm gonna share with everybody here in mexico because all my friends i mean i have most of my friends all the way you passed from uh guadalajara and colima and all those yeah area but like i got friends all over the place and people like have friends and more friends so they can be with you Guess I, wanna, like, I guess one thing too is I've been filming the whole thing. I do right, like weekly videos. So uh, on my website, it's just N-I-C-K-P-E-L-L-E-T-I-E-R.ca, nickpeltier.ca. And I I'll do weekly videos. Yeah, for sure. That'd be awesome. And then, yeah, people can actually see like what, what I've been seeing, right? So like, I do things solo, but I try and be the eyes for people that can't be here with me. So yeah, it's uh, relive the journey and see the ups and downs and there's still more to come. Awesome, Nick. So thanks much. Th thanks a lot for being here. I appreciate your time and the Wi-Fi because Mexico's yeah. Wi-Fi is not the best. I'm sorry. But yeah, like this is the first nice hotel I've had. I've been in like, like I was saying the other night, I got like attacked by tons of bugs in the, oh this God. one spot. Welcome to Mexico. But, <laughs> but yeah, now yeah. we're good absolutely man that's that's awesome please stay on the line that's an amazing story please go to the website i'll link it down below watch his youtube channel because this is amazing great story great edit like this is amazing it's amazing like i i i love it and yeah just 
I don't know what's gonna happen with Nick after, but he's preparing for like a lot of stuff. Like, I don't know what's going through his mind. So anyways, it's a great story. Really happy to be back in English. We managed to get it through uh, because Nick's schedule, my schedule, you know, it's not easy, but, uh, and Wi-Fi, you know, we will, I, he's from Canada. He's been saying like, you know, this Wi-Fi in Mexico, it's not the best, but it works. So it worked. Happy to enjoy it, and uh, yeah, it is Machete season. Let's go.